Hey, you found us. This is a podcast of Carbon Valley Lutheran Church in Firestone, Colorado, just north of Denver. We here at CVL firmly believe that community is built, not found, that it's local, not virtual. So we encourage everyone to find a local church and help them build their community and be a service to them. With that said, we pray that these podcasts supplement and not replace your spiritual journey. If you'd like to learn more about us at CVL, you can check us out on Facebook or on the web at carbonchurch.com, or even better, stop by in person. I wouldn't be entirely surprised if you have heard the name Christine McKenzie at some point in the past, um, only to have forgotten the name since. Uh, Christine, though, made uh, headlines. She's a South African woman who made headlines back in 2004 when she was uh, jumping out of an airplane at 11,000 feet, doing this obviously with a parachute, right? Um, However, as she was on her way down, she pulled the ripcord and her parachute failed to deploy. Now, as one often does when their main chute fails to deploy, she pulled the ripcord on her emergency chute and nothing happened. The second shoot also failed to deploy, leaving her in an absolute free fall toward the face of the earth. Now, when Christine had jumped out of that plane, she had obviously been placing an awful lot of trust into that pair of parachutes to keep her safe. Uh, What she learned, though, as she fell was that her face had been grievously misplaced, right? She had put an awful lot of trust into a faulty object. Have you ever really thought, though, um, that human beings, by nature, are are creatures who tend to display an awful lot of trust in various things around us? I would even argue that if you brought me the most cynical, skeptical person that you know, after talking with him or her for a while, I would probably be able to find somewhere where they place a lot of trust. It just might not be the conventional places where, where the typical 21st century American does, right? Uh, but for, for people who are willing to jump out of planes and go rock climbing and ride in cars with teenage drivers, uh, for people who, for people who uh, at times place a, a, an, awful, um, a, an awfully large amount of financial assets into the hands of bank managers and stockbrokers, I would argue that human beings um, really almost display an insane amount of trust on an almost everyday basis. But do you know what's a whole lot more important than you having strong trust, than you having a a bold faith? A lot more important than your bold faith is the strength or the soundness of the thing that you are putting that faith in, right? The object of that faith. All the faith in the world doesn't matter one tiny little bit if you are putting that faith and that trust into something that is weak and powerless to save you. Christine McKenzie found that out the hard way, right? But do we do something similar? 
You know, if you look back at that Old Testament lesson, um, we, we read words spoken, uh, words written down by a man named Isaiah, right? Isaiah was a prophet of the Lord, meaning that he did not speak his own messages, right? These weren't the great ideas coming out of his heart and his head. Isaiah spoke the word of the Lord, right? And here he spoke words kind of of warning, but also words of comfort, right? As the mouthpiece of God, where does he tell the Israelites, where does he tell us to place our faith? Really, there's only one basket that is worth all of your faith eggs, and it's the Lord, right? God himself. Unfortunately for the Israelites, their long history had indeed been one of faith, only of faith in all the wrong things. Right? They put their faith into their, uh, their earthly kings to keep them safe. They put their faith into their money, their possessions, their property, their, uh, their prestige. They put their faith oftentimes, if you look at their history, into false idols. Sometimes they even, and very foolishly, put their faith in the hands of neighboring armies in order to keep them safe, right? Maybe there was one army that was kind of bullying them, so they would try to seek out the stronger bully, right, and gain their favor. As a result, though, of placing their faith in all of the wrong places, the Israelites were just watching their kingdom crumble around them, and soon it was going to fall completely into the hands of the invading Babylonians, But now I want you to give your heart a few moments of honest reflection. Where do you put your trust? Where do you put the boldest of your faith? Where do you look for a, a daily sense of, of joy or fulfillment in your existence? More often than not, I think if we're being honest, we would have to say our faith is misplaced. Like Christine, like Israel, we put our trust into an awful lot of faulty objects to keep us safe. Safe in different ways, but safe. Or maybe you put your uh, faith, your trust into your uh, careers or into your financial assets as if this is where you are going to find security and safety in life, physical safety in life, right? As long as, as long as you can keep advancing, as long as you can keep bringing home the paycheck, you are going to have security. Or maybe you look for uh, feelings of personal fulfillment and worth into the things that other people say about you or into their opinions of you, right? As long as people are thinking highly of me, I am going to be feeling great about myself. I am going to have a, a, a confident heart at the end of the day. Of course, the moment that they don't, everything kind of comes crumbling down around you, right? Sometimes we 21st century Americans, especially in what I've heard is the most healthy state uh, in the union, Colorado, I think maybe we put our uh, faith into the health of our bodies and the ways that we think we are going to sustain or even advance that health for our, you know, as what's going to keep us going day by day, right? Another one that I think 21st century Americans are 
guilty of at times is looking for uh, that daily sense of joy and fulfillment, maybe even a sense of redemption in our children, right? As long as our children are doing well, as long as they're getting straight A's, as long as they're hitting the ball over the fence, as long as basically they're doing better than we were as children, we feel like we are successful as parents, right? And so we can kind of get through that day until, of course, the that child brings home a C on the report card or strikes out or whatever it is, right? And then we feel like we're miserable failures as parents, perhaps. Right? We put our faith into an awful lot of faulty objects. The boldest of our faith sometimes falls into these or similar categories, sometimes with just enough of that faith left over to get us through the church doors on Sunday morning. Stop being obtuse. And that's essentially what um, the Lord is saying to the Israelites through Isaiah here at the beginning of that reading. Stop being so dull and and unperceiving of reality, right? Um, So often we, the Israelites, would complain about these problems that we have, whine about how things aren't going our way, complain about how life is so unfair or whatever it might be. Meanwhile, we totally neglect the fact that so many of the problems that we create for ourselves, so much of the turmoil that is going on in our hearts is the result of our misplaced faith as we put our faith and we put our trust into things that are really rather powerless to keep us safe. Instead, people of Israel, instead, people of God, put your faith in the Lord. And in verse 28, Isaiah lists four reasons, really, why we ought to do that. First, he says, the Lord is the everlasting God, right? Don't put your hope in youth or health or beauty that are here one day and gone tomorrow. The Lord is eternal. He has endured and he will endure. He has endured from before this world began and he will continue on long after it is gone. And because he is eternal, that also means that he and his plans remain established without fail. Second, God calls himself the creator of the ends of the earth. So not only is God powerful enough to call an entire universe into existence out of nothing, that's amazing enough in and of itself, right? But because this belongs to him, because this world is his dominion, it also means that he has oversight into every little nook and cranny of it. And that means that he also has oversight over you. The third reason that Isaiah lists here is that he will not grow tired or weary, right? Exhaustion, fatigue, drowsiness, all of these are human characteristics and traits, but they are attributes that cannot ever be placed upon God. And that means that you never have to worry about him uh, taking a day off, taking a break, or going on vacation, or or needing to rest from all of this. No, it means that that oversight we talked about just a moment ago, that that oversight that he has is constant, and it is entirely tireless. And finally, Isaiah says about the Lord that he has this understanding which no one can fathom. Another way of stating this is to say that God is a God who gets it, whatever it might be. And that means that God also sees, perceives, and understands you. 
But if I'm being totally honest, these four attributes of God, his eternity, his tirelessness, um, his uh, wisdom, his power, these these are actually missing something at this point, right? Uh, They aren't necessarily comforting characteristics in and of themselves. That God is certainly a God who is worth a good degree of my fear, but he's not necessarily worth my love and my trust. Not until we finish with what Isaiah says about God in verse 29. Because this almighty, eternal, all-wise God, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. What does this God do when it comes to rebellious and whiny people like you and me who place our faith into every created thing rather than our creator? Right? It would make sense even according to our own um, feeble human ideas of justice and ways of doing things if this God just kind of threw up his hands at us and said, fine, go off on your little self-made path of destruction. That's what you, you're getting what you deserve then, right? Or, you know, that's kind of the best case scenario. Worst case, the God of justice against whom we have sinned really ought to do what? He ought to bring down, according to our ideas of justice, wrongdoers deserve what? Punishment. He ought to be bringing down more punishment on our heads than the simple consequences that our guilt already brings down upon us. And yet, that's not what we see God doing, right? Instead, we see God lower himself as a man to this earth, as God in his justice receives the justice that we deserve. See the the creator of the ends of the earth come down to this earth as a man named Jesus, right? This is what we find really in his suffering and crucifixion, the God-made flesh fallen beneath that, that hideous curse that we deserve. Look and see your, your tireless God stumble in the streets of Jerusalem as he is no longer even able to carry a cross by himself without help. Look and, and see this Jesus who understands the heart and the mind of his Father completely as he is cut off and forsaken by that Father. See your everlasting God's eyes darken in death as he falls beneath the curse that we all deserve because of our sin. See the creator of the ends of the earth as he is raised high above it on a cross and then buried, entombed, and left within it. Why? Why is the Lord worth your undying trust? Why is he worth your bold faith? It's not just because he's strong and eternal and wise, but because that same strong, eternal, and wise God is also willing to give up his one and only son for you. He is willing to go to hell and back again for you. See the kind of love that that takes.
See the kind of love that is poured out in the pages of Scripture for you. And then ask the question again, is he worth my trust? The only answer that we can bring to the table here is absolutely. Right? And so when you feel like all of those sorrows of life are going to inevitably swallow you up and defeat you, remember this. When you feel like this godless world is just going to smother everything that is good and beautiful and kill it, remember this. When you've been working so hard maybe to bring the, the good news of Jesus to your friend or, or maybe even to a child, a grandchild who, is, who has wandered away from, from faith and it just feels like you're getting nowhere and you're ready to throw in the towel, remember this. Or when you're working as a church to put more rear ends into these seats and it just feels like more people are leaving every week, remember this. When you are wrestling so hard against the sin that, that feels like it has its hooks so deep inside of you, or when you have fallen to it yet again and you wonder whether you will ever be forgiven or whether you will ever be free from it, remember this. Remember what Isaiah says about those who put their bold faith in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. Christine McKenzie put her faith into a pair of faulty parachutes to save her, to keep her safe. Only by some absolute miracle of God did she survive that fall. Probably just because she hit a bunch of power lines right before hitting the ground, right? And they slowed just enough for her only to break like every bone in her body rather than die on impact. But brothers and sisters, your God is not a parachute who may or may not open to save you. No, this God's mighty strength and devotion to you has, lift, has already lifted you up from sin and death and hell and his same devotion for you will now continue to sustain you not just today but forever into the future. Put your bold faith not in the fleeting powers and possessions or people of this world. No, the Lord alone is the perfect, the faultless object on which to place all that hope, all that faith, all that trust. And that means that in the Lord alone is your future not only certain, but beautiful beyond anything that you could possibly imagine. Amen.